You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and we talk to leaders of all stages and ages about what it takes to truly pay the price of leadership. And today, I am extremely excited to share with you a wonderful leader. His name is J.B. Spizo. Let me tell you a little bit about J.B. J.B. has over 30 years of experience in transforming individuals into leaders. And you're really going to like this because you know about my background. He's a veteran of the United States Army with 26 years of service, including 10 years in special operations with the elite 75th Ranger Regiment, leading the country's most talented soldiers in combat. JB retired at the prominent rank of Sergeant Major, the highest and most respected non-commissioned officer post in the military. And with JB, what you see is what you get. He's a motivator with an energetic passion for helping others. And he recently published his first book, Warrior Leadership, Steps to Success for Leaders on the Ground. We're going to hear so much more and all about that. JB, it's an honor to have you with us today. Doctor, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. And I know that you're that your group that's going to listen to this are going to be supremely motivated when they're done with it. I love it. If not, they're going to drop and give us 20, right? That's it. At least 20. Well, our listeners know my background in the military. They know my father's love of the military. And I love having other military leaders on here because even though we're not in the military anymore, that significantly honed our leadership tenants and constructs. And, and I just, I'm anxious to dive into what you hear about what, what it takes to really pay the price of leadership because military people, they do pay the price of leadership. Oh, for sure. You know, leadership, uh, first off, you know, and everybody knows this, you, you have some seasoned veterans that listen to your podcast. So they know that leadership is a learned trait. And I want everybody to continue to understand that. I mean, I work with young executives, young coaches, and they're like, wow, I really want to be there. I'm like, that's all, that's all part of, of learning. And we want to continue to learn that leadership throughout our career. And you can look at, um, you know, whatever your career, or my career, you continue to learn that leadership uh, throughout the, throughout the stages. And I think that's very, very important important. And the second part of that is I think it's important to be authentic in your leadership. Mm-hmm. Find out what works for you. You know, I'm a tel- talent accelerator. I'm a motivator. That works for me. And people see that when they talk to me and they see me in person. And I think whatever that leadership style is for you, whether it's stoic or, or, or whatever finds you, it needs to be authentic. I love it. Well, two things, and we're going to unpack these as we get into it for the listeners. Uh, JB really hit on it. And many of the beauty of the military is you are in a growth mindset. Every certain number of years, you're expected to get to the next rank and you have years in service. So there is no flatlining or plateauing. Okay. So I love that you talk about you're always in the growing stage and also the authentic leadership. Everybody may not be a patent. And I love that you said some are going to be very charismatic. Some are going to be more stoic, but it's what works for you. And I think if we look at the great military leaders throughout history, all different kinds. And if you try and copy somebody else's, it's just going to fall flat. So thank you for starting out our leaders on that. All right. So let's talk about paying the price of leadership. My father wrote this speech. He was a leadership lover, very highly experiential, highly pragmatic, red, 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 red on the growth trajectory. But JB, he talked about that there's four elements that if you are a leader in reality and not a leader in name only, you're going to have to pay the price of leadership. And the first one he talked about is loneliness. And we've all heard that adage, it's lonely at the top. But can you unpack for me, what does loneliness look for as a leader and maybe uh, share a time where you went through maybe a season of loneliness as a leader? 
Sure. You know, as you continue to climb as a leader, now I'll be the first to tell you that I think leaders should be servant leaders and we should, you know, we should take that leadership pyramid and we should, you know, turn it upside down because I think that's where the success comes. But however, there will be times that you will be lonely because you have to find that inner strength for yourself. I tell you, in 2008 in Afghanistan, I was a sergeant major as the, you know, leader of, of, of our team. And we had a coalition team of six Americans, five Romanians and five Polish. And, you know, there was a time there midway through the deployment that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make this. <laughs> and, you know, and every single day when I walked out to the gun truck before we did a combat patrol or whatever we were doing with the, with the Afghan National Army, you know, I had to put this face on. I had to put the smile on. Everybody looks at the sergeant major. So you can't be down when there's a, you know, 20-year-old PFC who's, you know, in the gun turret in charge of a 50 cal machine gun and hopefully going to, you know, save your life and engage the enemy. So you have to be really be that way. So, so it, it's very, very difficult to do that. So I actually did two things. One, I, I journaled every single day. Mm. I journaled every single day when I was in Afghanistan. And then I actually burned it at the end, believe it or not. I walked up to the, to the burn barrel and I, I, I burned it, but I journaled every single day. And the second thing I did was I reached out to a mentor of mine who actually was a professional hockey coach, Tom Rennie. He's now the president and CEO of Hockey Canada, but he was the New York Rangers head coach at the time. And he was my, he was, had been my mentor and we've been friends. And I would reach out to him via email. And, and I found a connection with somebody outside the military that, yeah. that took care of me. And that's how I fought through that. And so uh, those are the two things I, I would recommend to people to do. One, you have to journal. Two, you have to, you have to find somebody that you can lean on. I love that. JBE, I even find now where I'm kind of in a period where, okay, I'm not sure what next. It's like what Churchill did when he was kicked out of office. He regressed before he wrote that famous Sinews of Peace speech where the Iron Curtain came from. And he just went within himself and he wrote and he researched and he kept the fire going. And I love that you talked about, you're going to feel it, but you can't show it. And that doesn't mean that you lie to people. It no. means as a leader, you, you there's a lot of things you're going to feel. But I love also that you went outside the organization because a lot of people, sometimes you have to get that outside label that looks at you from the outside because otherwise everybody's inside and has the same view. So unbelievable points for our listeners. Thank you so much for that. Well, I think when you stay inside the organization, what are the, you know, what's another, if I go to another sergeant major or somebody else, what are you going to say? Cowboy up, toughen up, you know, all right. And things. But when you go to somebody outside the organization, you know, and Tom Rennie is a very bright individual, high IQ, high EQ. Uh, and he was very thoughtful in his responses to me. So I think that's the other part is if you're mentoring somebody, be very thoughtful in your responses, not just something quick, thoughtful in how you're going to respond, you know, find the right words uh, of courage and action that can, that can help people. And I think that's so, so important to do. So that's how I fought. I fought loneliness. I also, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I pray a lot. You know, I start my day with it, you know, middle of the day, end of the day. And I try to keep that, you know, power of my faith first and foremost. Well, I'm so glad because you brought up one of my favorite verses, Ecclesiastes 4, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. If you mm -hmm. feel like you're hanging on by the end, reach out. You know, there's the, the spiritual exactly. element, but I love that you said, you know, for your lifelines and people and, uh, you know, even Napoleon Hill, that mastermind group, you've got to find those people and they'll be there for you to pour into you because we're, we're meant to go through this as a collective. And great insights as well. Thanks, JP. Okay. Hey, okay. So why'd you burn it? Why'd you throw it in there? Just uh, out of curiosity. It's, it's funny because now I look back and say, man, there are probably some really good nuggets of information in there. 
But, um, you know, it was a long deployment. I didn't get any leave because I was a sergeant major and I was tired. And I think at the end, you know, and of course, you know, I kept it on. I kept that motivation on everything else. Sure. Like I had to do it. I think at the end, I was like, okay, I need to start a new chapter here. No, and I so, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I wrote a lot. I was out during the first Gulf War, totally different because I was in Abu Dhabi. Okay. I was not in, in Afghanistan on the ground, mm-hmm. but so I kept a lot of stuff, but I don't know if I've ever gone back to that, but that that's mm-hmm. interesting. But I just, I just had to ask that because I could see yeah. where, where you obviously got the calling from and that, that, that was the end of that. So mm-hmm. I respect that. Okay. So loneliness, the next thing, which kind of ties into that is weariness. And, you know, my dad would say, you know, as a leader, you're trying to surround yourself with believers. You hope they're believers, not even in the military, JB, you know, as well as I do, not everybody was all in with the mission at all times. Now where you are in combat, you know, most of the time they, they, you would separate the wheat from the chaff, but how did you combat weariness? So you could stay at the top of your game, especially on these long deployments. Yeah, I think it's a lot of things, even in life, you know, you combat weariness, even, you know, I've been a, um, I've been a professional leadership and culture development expert now for, you know, 15 years and you battle that, you know, sometimes daily. I see, obviously it goes back to, you really have to take care of several things, right? We always talk about fitness. We have to take care of fitness. You know, I have to work hard at taking care of that. You have to watch your diet. You have to get rest and you really have to train this muscle right here in your head. It's such a big muscle and we forget how to, what to do there. We really have to, we really have to control our thoughts. We have to understand who we are. Um, uh, and, and I like to say, I like to, I like to drive myself like a standard transmission. You know, we're not a yo-yo. So you control yourself. You start, start your car in the morning, you back out of the driveway. Now you're going forward. And listen, if something's not right, that's when the slow down, maybe even pull off the side of the road. But then when you're ready, big event, you know, mash the gas, go through the gears. And so that's how I, I, I try to control myself. I also, uh, twice a day, I try to take a few minutes just for myself. And, you know, the military, you did it. Stop, look, listen, smell. I get a cup of coffee. I'll walk outside. You know, I'll, I'll smell the coffee. I'll, I'll look, I'll listen. What birds are having, you know, there's construction in my neighborhood going on right now. So I'll listen to that. Whatever the case may be, you just take that in. For, for for a few minutes to just just reset yourself. It's very, very important to do. And if you look at all the best leaders, they've always done that. They've always taken time out uh, in their morning, in their afternoon to reset themselves. I believe it was uh, General Wayne Downing. He was f- very first special operations commander, four-star general. And when he, former ranger commander, all that legend, he's passed away now. But and speaking to his aide one time years ago, he said that uh, you know the general had 20 minutes in the morning at 20 minutes in the afternoon, that was his time. They called it, uh, they actually called it on the calendar, GPT, general personal time. And and that's the time he took for himself where he would read, reflect, that sort of thing. And I and, and, he, and he had standing orders. He was, uh, the, and the orders went something like, there's only two people that can inter- interrupt me. One is my wife and the second is the president and we better be going to war. So... So you think about that as a leader, you need to take your time, especially a lot of senior leaders on this podcast. You really need to protect that time because it just makes you better. You're like an ATM. If the ATM's empty, you can't help anybody. If your ATM is full, look how many people you can help. So how do I battle weariness? Long answer here for your question is I try to keep my, my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health all moving. I think it's all part of it. 
Oh, motion is huge. Even mm-hmm. for healing from physical illnesses or injuries or stuff yeah. like that. I love the transmission and don't be a yo-yo. I mean, I love that. Don't, don't be yanked around. But yeah. the power of thought, again, everybody's like, well, I feel thoughts first, then feelings, then behaviors. Yeah. Don't tell me about your feelings. Something, you know, I just, I mm-hmm. love that you talked about that. Because sometimes they're like, oh, the military, they just blindly, no, 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 no. You know, it, you, you don't do what people in the military have to do without, you know, controlling what goes on up inside. Have of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Loneliness, weariness. The next term my dad talked about was abandonment mm-hmm. and, you know, abandonment gets kind of a negative term, um, you know, sure. fear of abandonment. I work with animal rescues, so that's a very bad term to use, mm-hmm. but his point was really, um, Hey, Tracy, you're going to spend more time contributing to your failure than your success by focusing on what you want and like to think about and not what you ought and need to think about. So his thing was, you got to prune away the non-value added time sucks to really stay on point, on target, on mission. So how do you, JB, I mean, obviously in the military, we have our orders, but we get into the real world and there's so much stuff swirling around. How do you stay task focused and stay out of the way from mission drift? Yeah, mission creep is is definitely this. It can really hamper what you're doing. I try to stay hyper-focused on what I'm doing. And I know what I do well, and I know what I don't do well. It's funny because, you know, you're in the military and I work, you know, I, I consult with a lot of business leaders and I do one-on-ones and personal coaching and all that. And all of a sudden they'll be like, hey, take me shooting. And I'm like, no. I don't do that. I'm like, here, call this guy. You know, when I retired from the military in 2010, I hung up my guns and everyone back to him. And so I don't do that. Oh, you're fit. So teach me fitness. No, I don't do that. So, you know, this is what I do. I'm a leadership and culture development expert. Okay. And this is what I focus on. And so what I try to do is I try to stay, I try to compartmentalize what I do well. Now, listen, I continue to learn. Right. Okay. And I continue to grow, but I stay into my niche of what I do well. And I think that's so important to do as leaders, like to understand that because what happens is we get, you know, we climb and we're like, yeah, we can just do this too, or we can just do that too. And you ended up, you ended up making mistakes or, you know, you, you have to, you know, go through the process and you, you battle through it and you're like, wow, you know, if I'd have just, I'd have just known that beforehand. So that's what I try to do. And, you know, I try to, you know, all of these, you talk about loneliness, weariness, abandonment. It's, it's just so important. You have to keep your, there's so many things today that are just knock you down. You know, I don't watch a lot of news. I watch about 15 minutes of news a day. That's it. You know, I try to keep the black mirror away from what I'm doing. I keep my uh, social media to, to, you know, to 30 minutes a day and you know what, pick up a book and read. That's what I do. I try to keep my mind healthy in, in that way. So that's how I, do it. You know, mm-hmm. you, uh, I was on a podcast last week and they said, uh, if you try and be all things to all people, you end up being nothing to nobody. And so, okay. you know, I, the more niche you, you, uh, cause you have such wide experiences. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of things. So, um, that is one constant we hear from all the leaders, know your zone of genius and stay exact, know okay. your MOS in the military, whatever we had, this is what you do. You can't, you're trained to do this. Don't go trying to do somebody else's gig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Loneliness, weariness, abandonment. And then the last term my father referred to as vision. And uh, a lot of leaders either just kind of go with the flow, laissez-faire. There's no shortage of finding bad leaders. But my father would always say that vision is really, it's not something mystical. It's uh, really just seeing what needs to be done, number one, and then number two, doing it. So how do you keep your vision moving forward, honed? And how do you cast out, you know, obviously you're very focused, very intentional, how do you hone in on what that thing is? 
JB? Yeah, vision is absolute make or break for leaders, 100%. It's even more important than the mission because you could give the mission statement, but the, if the vision is, if the vision does not tie into what the, the mission is, uh, we use this pro sports team, right? I work with professional athletes, professional teams. You know, they want to win. I want to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, everybody wants to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl. Everybody, everybody wants to win, but your vision has to put you on that path. And I think two things that leaders should do with vision, it, it surrounds for me purpose and motivation. So that purpose and motivation needs to be described. Also, you got to get that vision out of your head and you got to communicate it to people. Don't communicate the mission to them. Don't tell them what to do. They already know what to do, but communicate that vision to them mm. and actually over-communicate that vision to them and understand that everybody you're talking to um, you know, they, they see it differently. Listen, you could convince yourself, but you got to be able to tell other people why we're doing this, why we're making this adjustment, why we're going that way. I say in my book all the time, uh, uh, and I, and I obviously say to people, um, you know, people don't fear change. They fear loss. So anytime you're trying to change something in an organization, everybody automatically goes, Oh my gosh, how does that affect me? you know, financially, you know, physically, whatever, like it, it, and so you have to understand. And so when you get people on the vision, you say, listen, this is why we're trying to go this way. This is why we want to go this, this is what we want to do. And if you, if you properly explain that, then you're fine. Like, listen, you know, you got to give leaders like JFK, Ronald Reagan, even Barack Obama, they were very good at explaining things. And when we don't do that well, then we get these, these things go wrong. You know, mm. obviously this Afghanistan pullout disaster, it was not communicated well. It was not explained well. No one understood the vision. Everybody was on it. You know, you can see that like everybody was on a different, different sheet of paper for it. So right. you have to communicate your vision of what's going to happen and what you want the organization to do. And so when you do these things, then all of a sudden everybody's like, okay, I get it. I understand it. And then you become like-minded thinkers. Right. Well, you get that uh, collaboration of believers because if people aren't all in, yeah, you can order somebody to do it. Well, you can't in the civilian world, but yeah, then you don't get that. And thank you for touching on Afghanistan because I obviously was going to ask you about that because that, of course, is near and dear to all our listeners' hearts as we watch that. Yeah, I could have got a I could have got a lieutenant that just graduated West Point to come up with a better plan, but that's okay. We won't go there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what you're saying, but it's good to echo that. And thank you for Mm -hmm. touching on that professionally. And, but just letting you know, you know, that, that just, that's not the way, that's not the way things are supposed to happen. Absolutely not. Everybody, all my friends, everybody, especially people that have been I I just want to caveat. I I was, I fully support the fact that we shouldn't have people there. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. However, Right. You invested so much. I'll tell you from a personal aspect. So I was a sergeant major and I, part of my job is I mentored, I mentored five brigade sergeant majors. I mentored them and I gave these guys my word. Hey, we're not leaving you. I'm here. Here's my cell number. If you need me, like we're not going to abandon you. You know, I gave people my word. So come on. Oh, I know. Well, and I'll tell you what, you know, I was earlier than you in the military, but I would go over to all these places, peacekeeping missions after wars, thinking, what on earth are we doing here? That being said, like you said, you've made a commitment and there is a way to, uh, what did Gwen, Gwyneth Paltrow call it when she got divorced? consciously uncouple. Okay. There's a way to do it, to do it smartly and still get to the end goal and not just throw the baby out with the bath, bath water and upend everything. So yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Okay. So JB, we covered loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision. 
anything else leadership wise, why we got these leaders listening to a, a decorated sergeant major in the military, mm-hmm. share with us, maybe even talk about your book and, and what you would pour into our leaders listening. Yeah. So my book, I, you know, I, again, it's, there's no war stories. I purposely didn't want to make that way. And it is for a business professional to read. It's great. Cause it started at like 350 pages. And when my editor got to it, she's like, listen, we're making this a two hour read. So people can read it on an airplane. And that's it. I'm like, awesome. Perfect. You know, I listened to her. It was great. Yes. And so what I try to do is I try to just impart um, some some leadership philosophies on you. There's takeaways at the end. I think it's great for a senior leader because he can look at it or she can look at it and tab it. They can hand it to a younger per younger professional and say, you know what, you should you should look at some of these. So I think I think from that aspect, I I, I get I get both groups there. But part of it is is just understanding you know the the importance of one thing we talked about it leadership is learned. And two, the importance of EQ, emotional quotient, understanding who human beings are. We're all different human beings. And, and again, sometimes in the military, we need to like, you know, first week of, I was a drill instructor, first week of basic training, you know, everybody marches this way, everybody marches that way. Don't look, don't look the other, side, other way. But then what happens is to raise people's talent, you have to find out who those people are. You have to peel back the onion. You say, you know what, what makes Dr. Tracy tick? What makes JB tick? What makes this person tick? You know, so you have to understand that as leader. Look, I have three children, all college grads, all super educated, super people, and and they're all millennials, but they're all three different human beings. Mm. So as a parent, I still need to understand, you know, what's important to them. And so you have to do that as a leader. What does that takes time? And right. so some leaders are like, look, I don't have time for that. Well, right. you better make time unless you want your organization to be good and they can be good. And, and guess what? You got a super product, you know, like the iPhone, yeah. you're going to make, you're going to make money. Right. But if you want your organization to be great, then you should find ways to help others. And the last thing I'm going to talk about is the difference between a good friend of mine, another mentor, uh, Dr. Anderson. He's a uh, sports psychologist. Dr. Derek Anderson, and he he, talk, he talks about the difference between greatness and goodness. And you can be in an organization or on a team that wins and they're great, but it's just ugly on the inside, right? You feel like you have to take a shower. Oh, but they're the champions, you know, whether the team or the front of the house, the back of the house, it, it, it's just not good. But then, so when you're building an organization, sports team or a business or a family or a community, it should be with goodness. And if you yes. build with, if you build with goodness, you know what, you're more likely to become great. Well, and you'll, you'll have that foundation. It's like in the Bible, whitewashed tombs, you look really good on the outside, but inside, you know, and that only lasts, there's a certain shelf life for that. You, you know, the great can go on, but eventually that weak foundation, even with nations mm-hmm. that appear, if there's internal disunity or dysfunction, or it all comes out. Yeah. Like the U S like the U S right now. Absolutely. I mean, look at us. How long have we had our system of government? The only mm-hmm. country on, in the history of civilization mm-hmm. to be this long and look mm-hmm. what's, yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, a business professional asked me, he's like, you know, cause they were talking about, you know, cause you know, his business now has, you know, implementations, got to get people vaccinated. Some people aren't. He's like, he's like, what would you have done? I said, well, the first thing I would have done is I would have done a public service announcement if I was Joe Biden with mm-hmm. Donald Trump and I would have gotten Sean Hannity, Anderson Cooper, Oprah Winfrey, Jay-Z. I'd have just, I'd have got a, a group of different humans and I sat them all around who are all vaccinated, by the way, and just said, 
this is why you should get vaccinated and had a medical professional on there and talk about it. And, and, and instead it's like, you're going to get vaccinated or else. So of course there's people that have been like, really? I know. I'm, I'm like, when does that ever work? Oh, yeah. It never like, works. Like, that it's even just work like in something the in the military. Right. In right. the military. Is it, there's people, there's people being discharged from the military. They're like, I no, know. I'm not going to get vaccinated. And, and I'm well, just like, and so that's what you can't do. It doesn't matter what, listen, and, and I voted Democrat. I voted Republican. I vote independent. I vote for whoever I think can do the best job and whoever gets elected. My father taught me this. You know, he was in politics. He taught me this. Whoever gets elected, you support them. So I always do. I right. want people to do a good job. Right. But you, what you got to do is, man, you really got to, you really got to take, take your ego out. I got to tell you, there's, you know, there was, there was some several moments here for a JFK moment. And the JFK moment I always talk about is, you know, the Bay of Pigs, you know, that was Eisenhower's plan. JFK was a young president. He didn't want to do it. They're like, we got to do this, Mr. President. We got to go into Cuba, do this. And he didn't really want to do it. He didn't feel good about it. And of course they did the Bay of Pigs and what happened? It was disaster. Okay, but then what JFK do? JFK said, I'm going to tell the American people it was my fault. And they said, don't do it. They'll evoke the 25th Amendment. You will be impeached. And he came out and said, it's my fault. We got a good kick in the pants. That's what he said. And what happened? His approval rating went up 20% or 20 points. And then what did he do? He came in, he fired four people in the staff. Right. I think Secretary of Defense, CIA director, whatever. He fired four people. He's like, you guys lied to me. But my point is, is he stood up and was accountable. And so when things happen, if you're a leader and things don't go right, just be just be accountable for it. Well, uh, accountable. And then the other thing that's really frustrating people yeah. is there is no repercussions for it. JB, you know, as well as I do, when there were things where you would take classified material home or use, pro- come on, there was mm-hmm. always repercussions. Yeah. There was always punishment. And now I think people get so upset because even if you own it, nothing happens to anybody. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. really, it's, it's scary that there's no responsibility. There's no responsibility back to the taxpayers who are paying these people salary that, okay, we all make mistakes, but guess what? If we make mistakes, JB, even in the military, there were consequences. Mm-hmm. Either you get fired or in the brig or I, you know, and so I think that's really, that's sad too. You can own it, but if you don't cut at the root, you know, I, I worked on jets, fighter jets. Okay. If, if I didn't do some, get to the root cause analysis of why the jet came down broke and I just kept slapping things on it or ignoring it, mm-hmm. it's eventually going to come down. And so that's, I think that's very frustrated people too. Yeah. What but we don't, we wrong? don't, but we don't have an accountability system now. What right. we do is we just, we just deflect and point and this and that. Polarize, oh my gosh. And politicize. Polarize. Oh, you bullied me. Yeah. I mean, come on, like just stop. You know what? Uh, be a human being, stand right. up, hold yourself accountable. We're all going to make mistakes. We do make mistakes, rise above it. And that's what people admire. People admire leaders that say, you know what? I screwed up. It's my fault, but I'm going to fix it. And this right. is how we, this is. And right. And this, I'm going to do something. I'm not just going to say I screwed up, but I'm going to actually take corrective action. You and, know? This is, and this is how I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get into it. But. Well, I got to tell you something because it's so funny because mm-hmm. I think in the military, we're especially coded. If there's a problem, the corrective action. But if we talk about it more than once, 
what do we not do? <laughs> mm-hmm. And if there's a repeat or a recur, okay, we're going to ground the fleet until we figure out what the problem is. So it's so funny because I, I sit on a lot of boards. I get asked to do a lot of things and meeting after meeting, people are saying the same thing. And it's, what is it? Einstein's definition of insanity is, yeah, you know, complaining is... about a pro- doing the same thing again, and again, or- And hope and for a different result. Well, yeah. I don't even think they hope for different results. I, I'm not sure what they do, but it's the old mm-hmm. Proverbs verse, one of my favorites, like a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. And I'm like, you can't regurgitate. We got a reason. And that's that's one of the things that I, the military, <laughs> it made it very difficult for me to sit in the general society. And I'm sure you get it too, and not say, guys, are, are we here to fix stuff? Or are we just here to run this up the flagpole again and just stare at it and point fingers at one another? Because that mm-hmm. just really is difficult to handle. And I love it when military people are just like, uh, like our Bible, uh, our church has a small group Bible study that's all first responders, mm-hmm. because we all have a certain way of how we look at problems and conflict and getting in and dealing with problems. So, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you can't be a thoughtful leader. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean decisions have to come right there because sometimes, sometimes you need to sit back and you need to think about that. You need to look at stuff. Another really great friend of mine, another mentor, Tom Power owns his own business, you know, and it's done done very well for himself from, you know, build it himself. And, and, you know, he's a very thoughtful leader. And the other part of being a thoughtful leader is he's extremely great listener. And I think if you're going to be a great leader, you have to be a good listener. I say it all the time, you know, listen and silent. It's an anagram for a reason. You know, sometimes we need to, I just did it the other day, a friend of mine, he's a, he's a West, West Point graduate. I met him outside the gym. He was telling me a story and I took over the conversation. And later that day, I'm like, you know, like I needed to be a better listener there. And I texted him and he, he wrote me back, said, oh, you know, you're good. But, uh, but it bothered me because yes. we need to continue to be. We need to hear what people are saying. We don't always need to have an answer. So just be, be another thing of leadership. Be a great listener. Absolutely. I love mm-hmm. it. All right. Yeah. Okay. So JB, wh- yep. where's your book at? Where can people get your books and what is yeah, it so you can get, for them to get in touch yeah, with? Yeah. So my book, uh, Warrior Leadership Steps for Success for Leaders on the Ground, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on my website at jbsleaders.com. And yeah, it's just about anywhere books are sold. So. I love it. Oh, I can't wait to get a copy. I'm very good. excited. Excellent. Yeah, I'll send you a copy. Oh, thanks. I'm getting you some copies too. Okay, good. I got some special things for you. JB, just thank you so much for taking time to pour into our listeners today. I know there. I know I wrote down a ton of stuff. Uh, you gave me a couple visuals that I am going to absolutely, and listen in silent, yet another thing. Wow, yes. brother. They just thank you so there much. There we go. That was great to be. Thank, thanks for having me, doctor. You're amazing. Let's keep it going. Absolutely. And to our listeners out there, if you like what you heard, be sure and hit the subscribe button. Do us the honor of a five-star review. Be sure and sign up at Tremendous Leadership so you don't miss another Tremendous Podcast. You reach out to JB, get on his connection, get on his radar, follow him, find out with him and reach out to him if you could use some leadership coaching for you or your organization too. And to my Tremendous Tribe out there, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on paying the price of leadership. We are so thankful for you. Thanks again, JB. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.